Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, good morning, Raw Feeders. I am Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company. We are Pets Health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble, because kibble is crap. Kibble causes CKS, crappy kibble syndrome. That's what I call it, crappy kibble syndrome. And we're going to talk about uh, what else causes problems, uh, and that is arthritis. And we have Dr. Andy Harper back with us again. Because she promised that she would come back, and you did. Thank you so much. I did. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's great. It's awesome. New information, new perspectives from somebody who has their hands on pets 24-7. Well, 24-7. You take a couple of days off on the weekends, don't you? Occasionally, yes. It feels like 24-7 a lot of the time. How many dogs do you think you see a week? I see about 10 to 12 a day, five days a week. So what is that? 50. A lot. 50. 50 to 60 dogs. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. 50 to 60 dogs a, a week. week. A week. That means you see 200 to 240 a month. Yes. That's a lot of dogs for a lot of, and then you take that times all the years. And I would say Uh you're an expert on pets in a lot of ways. A lot of ways, not all the ways, but a lot of ways. Yeah. And and how much body work in particular chiropractic along with nutrition is life-changing. Yeah, it absolutely. In people and pets. In people and pets. Yes. And people and pets, as we talked about you last week, and that's awesome. Um, so let me ask you a question. If you see a dog walking, just, you know, looking at their gait, looking at their back end, can you tell if they are out of line or if they're suffering for something like arthritis? 85, 90% of the time. Yep. I can see dogs walking down the road and I'm like, ooh, we got something to work on there. Wow. First of all, what is arthritis, Dr. Andy? Arthritis, simply put, is inflammation of the joint. So anytime you have an itis, you have inflammation going on in the body. Ah. Tendinitis, arthritis, um, pancreatitis, gastritis, pancreatitis, hepatitis. When you have an itis, you have an inflammatory process in the body. You're causing me <laughs> to be itis. <laughs> yes. And it's very simple, but I, most of my clients do not know what the itis means. What's it mean? Know. Oh, you mean it means inflammation? It, it, yeah, you have inflammation. Um, and so how do you handle inflammation? A lot of times your conventional veterinarian will give you a pill to handle that itis. So what if we started preventing the itises from showing up by keeping inflammation down in the body in general? And step one is change the diet. Remove all your carbohydrates, meat-based, meat-based, raw meat-based. Easiest way to help prevent 
arthritis in particular. Stop doing the crazy sugar-filled toppers and all of that. And last week uh, we talked about that. We talked about, you know, how you figured that out. And, you know, even if it has a celebrity vet's name attached to it, Dr. Andy, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't cause itis. Exactly. And I am the skeptic of all skeptics. That usually tells me I want to run away from that product. (laughs) Or when the marketing is so slick, I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. No, there's something here that they're hiding. There's something here that I just, I don't, me personally, I don't like it. Don't like it. I don't either, you know, because we're, we're old school here. We're, we're just the, the, uh, we don't have to do all of that silly stuff. And as I watch pet watch petfoodindustry.com, um, I'm constantly seeing that every single day. They're saying, here are the buzzwords that pet parents are using, right? Because they want this in their dog's diet because they are doing that. And again, that was the whole grain free thing, but they're still doing it today. The buzzwords with these ancient grains and, um, it's just incredible. The marketing is where it's at. Let's see. What did they say? Pet supplement buyers adopt trends early uh, in branded ingredients. So they say that pet owners who give supplements to their animals may provide clues as to you know a wider trend in the dog and cat food industries. So they're looking to see what are pet parents doing and how can we capitalize on that with the mm-hmm. slick marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just get basic people. It's super duper basic. Get the crappy CKS out of your dog's diet. And then let's address the arthritis with some other things. And we could do that with some great supplements, you know, jump for joints, green eggs, omega threes, turkey tail. There's a lot of things that you could do, but In this article that you just put out to um, your listeners, to your group, to your clients, you were talking Mm -hmm. about that exercise is really an important component and maybe not the type of exercise that we typically think about for our pets. So can you talk a little bit about how exercise can influence negatively and positively when we're talking about arthritis? Absolutely. And this is something new that I'm doing with my pet and looking out for myself is I walked my dogs, right? Everyone should walk their dogs. That's, you know, we, we've all just been told that, right? And we do that, most of us, right? And what if that is actually contributing to, because of the concussive forces, to perpetuating arthritis, depending on what you're walking on. And that's really going to depend on the type of dog you have. Do they already have a genetic abnormality? Like my standard poodle has no femoral head. He was either a born that way or B injury when he was super little and it didn't form. So if I'm walking him, you know, five, six, seven times a week on hard pavement, that could contribute to the arthritis. Um, if he forms it, I don't know if he will. I have my point of view is he's not going to, and he's on raw food. He's been on raw food since he showed up in my house. Um, and so 
we, I don't know what that's going to look like. But what if, and this is what I'm looking at on the people side, a new, finally new research is coming out. If you actually look at fitness research in the people side, we have just been buying the same old lies on what you should be doing for a very long time, which seems to be a theme everywhere. Like I have a really good friend. He's like, everything I ever believed in turned out to be a lie. <laughs> That's a bad start, day. Looking, start looking at that in your life. Everything you believed in, like you just bought lock, stock and barrel from, Hey, your parents, your grandparents, your friends, whatever, growing up society, look at it for yourself. It's amazing. Okay. Well, wait, well, no, you don't digress because we got to know what is it on the people side that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing in fitness. All the cardio, all the cardio. There's no research that, yeah, that cardio actually helps you lose weight. And if you do strength training, specifically resistance, um, with bands, like through the full range of motion, you will actually keep your cardiovascular health and make gains in muscle mass and bone density. So are you saying that I don't have to hike up that mountain today? If you like hiking up that mountain, go hike up that mountain. But if you're doing it to lose weight and to build your your cardiovascular system, don't need to. Go lift something heavy. You know, I told What if that's the same for the dogs? Okay, well, let's talk about that. But uh, I digress. I taught aerobics <laughs> for 10 years. Did you know that? And it probably didn't do me any good. I taught from 1985 to 1995. I taught aerobics. You did the step aerobics? I taught three times a day. Oh my God, I love step aerobics. I oh, was yeah. I did, I was actually, I did teach for a while. I was really bad at it. I was horrible at it. <laughs> like I couldn't get my lefts and rights, right? So, but I, yeah, it's hardcore step aerobics. Aerobics mm-hmm. on the treadmill like out there you're supposed to move supposed to and now they're saying oh you can get all that same benefit for your muscles and your heart and your bones just by lifting some weight wow now I do do that too so I've just gotten Mm -hmm. back into the gym you know I had this long hiatus Rick's always been very healthy but uh we have been uh, doing the climb so the climb is a mile up and a thousand um a thousand feet in a mile. So mm-hmm. you're going up pretty fast and it kicks my bootay. Now I will mm-hmm. say that it feels like, it feels like it's doing a world of good on my glutes and my quads. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So we'll see. All right. So anyway, I digress. So let's go back to the dog. So you're saying maybe walking the dogs is not everything that's cracked up to be. Right. And so maybe we don't do that every day. Maybe we actually do some sits and stands. We get some equipment and I don't know how familiar your listeners are with, you know, what's called fit pause and sitting on uneven surfaces or picking up the front right and the left rear leg and engaging the abs, teaching your dog how to sit up. There's actually research that shows that that is not hard on the spine and it actually engages all the ab muscles. But we're, you know, doing that, which also engages their brain, which also builds your relationship. Because I know personally, my walks with my dogs are no fun for me. I have too many of them and they're not very good out there. (laughs) So if I can do less than that, less of that, 
and still in, you know, maintain their cardiovascular health, maintain their muscle, the more muscle you can maintain throughout your life, the healthier you will be. And 80% of every joint is the stability of every joint, any joint, 80% of it is your muscle, muscle. You have that stability on all your joints because you got nice muscles, you and the dogs, you're going to start, your body's going to be able to starve off more of that um, inflammation, that arthritic changes. So when you talk about holding up the front foot and the back foot, how does that, how, how do you do that with the dog? <laughs> I get on my knees and it's ugly and we're working on it. Cause it's also a little bit of training. They're like, what are we doing here? This is all new. I'm, I am not a dog trainer. Holy moly. I mean, I know a few things, but holy moly, this is hugely intimidating for me to, to do this stuff with my own dogs. And they're looking at me like I'm insane. Right. Like, and they're familiar with fit pause. They do these exercises with my dog walker. Um, randomly and they have their entire lives, but now they're like, um, mom's doing this. So I just pick up one, you know, the right front, you want to go diagonal in the body. You just kind of pick up the front paw a little bit off the ground and the rear paw off the ground a little bit. And you know what? Most of my dogs kind of falter and one side's going to be weaker than the other, which is also excellent information for the pet owner, right? Now they know, okay, we have a lot of weight on the front, right? We have no weight in this left rear. What's going on here? They don't have to know that answer, but you're going to get to know their dog. They're going to get their hands on their dog a lot more. And they're going to, okay, we've been working on this. This is equaling out. And then they go to the dog park next, you know, they run around, which I never recommend the dog park, but you know, it's kind of like McDonald's playland. The kids either get sick or get injured, but right. that that's, a, that's another one. But and then you get back and you're going to do some exercises and do some playing and they can't do that exercise anymore. Like they, they're, you know, they may have hurt themselves, but that will give the pet owner information that, Oh, okay. I need to call the chiropractor. I need to call the massage therapist. I need to call the acupuncturist. We need to do some body work. Something happened. So it's great information to know what's going on with your animal. And honestly, you can go to YouTube, punch in, you know, exercises for dog, you'll be amazed at what you can start playing with your animal, you know, just having them lay on the side and stretching out the front leg and the rear leg and just going through some motion there and see how comfortable they are or uncomfortable they are. That's great for your senior dog. So you pick up opposing legs, one on mm-hmm. the front, one on the back and see how stable your dog is. And, and how many times would you go through that rotation from one opposing side to the other? You hold it five, 10 seconds, a few times. It's so minimal what you do with your dogs. It's so minimal. Do, is it, e- obviously it's easier for small dogs to sit up than large dogs or is that a myth? Oh, it's probably easier for small dogs. Absolutely. They don't have as, as long of a torso to maintain with those muscles. Doesn't mean that they can't do it. I got to say, I've never seen a great Dane do it. Is that because they can't or no one's ever asked them? And they got those really long legs that have got to, mm-hmm. you know, come out and probably throws them off balance a little bit. And then they even have like a hard time sitting. A lot of them do not have it completely tucked. A lot of them have the like straighter legs just because they're walking on stilts. 
I have not gotten that far with my Doberman, who's, you know, just a smaller version of Great Dane. That'll be interesting. I'll now, have to report back. Now, when I was over there, I saw your dog walker. She carries around these. Uh, they're little mini steps, but they're cushy, right? And so it looks like the dogs are stepping on those. Is that mm-hmm. what, what she's doing? And they have little um, things that stick up, maybe... What, what am I, what do I want to call little nubs, little nubs. So there's actual, um, balance equipment and the name brand is called fit paws. I don't know what else is out there. I think there are other brands. So they're a thicker vinyl. So the nails don't puncture them. Um, and then they have the little nubs. So there's no slipping, but they're bone shaped. They're circle shaped. They're, they're big. You can get a big ball. Um, some actually advanced to their standing on like an oval ball. Well, it's an oval ball. Like we sit on the bouncy balls, um, but now, and for the dogs, they make them an oval so they can stand on it. They can sit on it. Now that's a very advanced move. Um, but yeah, they walking on uneven surfaces um, fires all the muscles, fires all the stability muscles. Uh, and there's no concussive forces to that, right? So even your old arthritic dog that's struggling, you might be able to get them to put front feet on an uneven surface, even if it's just a smushy pad, and that will fire some different muscles for them. And then they could step and put the back feet up there. Sometimes you're just going to help them and set them there. Sometimes you're going to, maybe they can, you know, you could start training them to step up there on their own. Depends on where they're at. And there are, um, physical therapists and places around Denver Metro and around the country that can do that with you and for it for you kind of get you started too. Cause it's intimidating. Like I said, I am completely intimidated. What's if we, if we back it up, let's say we just pick up one leg at a time and just see how much weight each foot is carrying. Um, and there's fancy machines with plates that will measure it to the exact percentage, but at home on a, on a, stable, hard surface, pick up each foot and just see how much weight is in each foot. Um, it's Asa's right rear, right? That she's struggling with, right? Yes. I should know this. I should yes. know this. I think so. So yes. she most likely, if you go to that left rear, will not want to transfer weight as easily to that right rear. And that left leg is going to have a pawn of a weight on it. Um, and so that would give you some information. And then pick up that right front and just see how she falters to one side or the other. You may only be able to pick up one foot at a time briefly and go around just a couple times and that'll be it. Um, So you can start really with one foot very simply if you need to. Um, And then you pick up that right rear, probably not a problem at all. That left leg's probably got it all because it's doing most of the work at this point. And so when a dog has arthritis. We may not want to walk them a ton every day, but in conjunction with that, we got to get their weight down. Dr. Andy, don't you think if we have a dog that has arthritis, we cannot have a fatty, a fatty dog. No, but if you're building muscle, what's going to burn more calories, right? That right. Muscle mass. 
Yeah, yeah. you know, um, we look at... And this is not instead of walking. It's just in conjunction of or a couple, you know, a few okay. days of the week. So yeah, you're still walking because we still need to get their brains out there. They still need to smell the pee mail. They need, you know, they still need to see the world. We're not trapping them in the house with us, right? And doing exercise in the house only. Okay, um, got it. What if we are over walking? Spin spend time walking and doing this, maybe cutting down a little bit on the walking, but doing these exercises with your dog. Let me ask you a little bit about agility dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs that are actually, let's say, running up an A-frame and down the other side, um, running up a board and running down a board, jumping over uh, the jumps. Would you consider that a you know muscle, more of a muscle workout than just a cardio type of exercise for a dog? No, it'd probably be basically cardio. It's basically momentum. It's basically, you know, almost a rote behavior at that point. You know, I know how to do this and, and do this. And most of your agility people are excellent at doing some of these exercises on a daily basis too. So they can do all that with ease. And to maintain that stability in all the joints. And so there is less injury. And if agility people are not, they need to get on that. But I'm shocked at how many dogs that are in like competition mm-hmm. and all of that, that are not on a species appropriate diet. And I want to say, let, let's put a species appropriate diet dog up against a kibble fed dog. And I wonder if they would perform at a higher level. That would be fascinating to find out. You know, because and it would almost have to be like a lifetime too. Like, was there less injuries? Was their weight maintained more easily? Did they have better stamina? You know what? I mean, you always have a genetic factor to all of that, but that would be that would be amazing to see. It really see would. Can- mm-hmm. Because you think, okay, how can you perform at your best if you are eating a high sugary food, right? A high sugary food, it causes you to be somewhat flabby. I look at these dogs that are on kibble and they don't look muscular like our raw fed dogs. Absolutely. They're kind of puffy. I can even feel the puffiness. They're kind of puffy. They're, they're kind of fluffy, but let's, let's go back in people so many years ago when you were running, you were carbo loading, right? Now that's all yeah, now they're all flipping to running in, keto- in ketosis. Like they're running marathons in ketosis. And what if when you are in ketosis, which is what happens to my dogs run in ketosis, they don't get any carbohydrates. They are meat-based. They're functioning in ketosis. What if that's what the body is actually supposed to function in? And when the body is functioning on glucose and carbohydrates, that's actually a pathological disorder that we, we are not actually ancestrally designed to run on. It's come along with big food, cheaper food, um, highly palatable food that they have addicted us to and our dogs to, and them as in big food, big pharma. I do get this question. Is your food ketogenic? (laughs) I'm like, well, I guess simply yes. Yes, (laughs) that would be correct. We don't, you know, we don't use those words. And I guess I should, Mm -hmm. because it's a buzzword. It would help sell. Mm -hmm. 
But um, I and that that typically does tell me that they probably haven't really done too much research into ketosis or, or keto diets if they mm-hmm. don't understand that a meat, bone, organ and fat uh, blend is a keto diet. It's a keto diet. So Absolutely. I, have a, I have a question for you. And this goes on the human side. Um, and I'm all about the keto diet. But I tell you what I cannot stand, Dr. Andy, is ketosis. That smell and I, that, that, that metal smell that comes out of people's breath. And I will tell you that because my husband, he's, you know, he's, oh, he seems like he's always in ketosis. I'm like, honey, you need to go eat a bag of chips or something because you got ketosis <laughs> breath. <laughs> well, yes, I, I think some people do more of that than others. And what I've read, and I don't know how true it is, is it's supposed to diminish if you stay in ketosis long enough, but I don't know if that's true for everybody, but yes, there is definitely that metally smell. I notice it so dramatically on my puppy's breath. It's partly because he's like, I carry him here a lot and he's always in my face. But I'm like, wow, I've never noticed it on any of my other dog's breath, but he has that real metally ketosis breath. Cause he's your favorite Torchy. Hell yes, the torchy, the torch. Torchy <laughs> is a little uh, dachshund, and I, I, you know, obviously I'm partial to dachshunds. Doc the dachshund. I had three dachshunds when Rick and I met, and uh, that's when you know my doc started on the raw diet back in 2000. So um, I love dachshunds. He's adorable, though. He's adorable, and he was raw fed from puppyhood and came right here. Uh, he's he's never had any kibble. Yeah, I remember the day you said, I'm not going to do any more dogs. I'm going to travel. And then all of a sudden, yeah, this dog yeah, yeah. this dog appeared. Uh, I'm a big fat liar. <laughs> big fat liar. I did hold to one thing. I didn't get another big dog. Right. right Other you- than that, I'm a big fat liar. Yeah. Yeah. How many dogs do you have? Five? Am I allowed to say that out loud? <laughs> I, I always, yes. I'm like, I'm one dog away from an intervention. <laughs> You and Neely, you and Neely with all your dogs. I'm telling you what. Well, um, so that's 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 great information in regards to arthritis. You want to manage that. Um, do you, let me ask you before we go though. Do you think that arthritis is just a function or a matter of aging, or can we stave it off with the right um, diet with the right weight, with the right, um, exercise going into these senior years, like my Asta. I am a huge believer in you can stave it off and you can prevent it and you can manage it, manage it to the most minimalist impact. If you're feeding a species appropriate diet, proper canine diet, you keep the weight good you do the movements and you get the body work. Every, almost every day, do you, they, people ask me, do you treat arthritis? Yeah, that's pretty much what chiropractic does. We reduce inflammation in all the joints. Can I change osteoarthritis that already has bony um, spurs and vertebrae that have grown together or true hip dysplasia where it's bone on bone? Can't change that with chiropractic but you'd be shockered at how much the pain will go down with regular adjustments. So maybe you're not doing meds every day, 
maybe you can actually avoid meds for a couple more years. Maybe that nine-year-old Labrador just needs a damn adjustment and not on your end stage from now till they pass away at 12 or 13. Maybe they'll need it when they're 12 or 13, but what if um, chiropractic and changing the diet can make a huge impact? And I'd much rather people start there, spend their money there than adding in this supplement and doing this supplement and doing this supplement. They have a place too, but let's start with the basics. Let's right. get them adjusted and let's change the food. I want to ask- see what we need. I want to ask you about uh, NSAIDs uh, and and those are the pharmaceutical pain um, pills. Okay. Yes. The non-steroidal. I know this inflammatory. Yeah. Anti-inflammatory. What's the dangers of using those long-term? Gut dysbiosis, um, further breakdown of joints. So the thing that we're treating (laughs) Causes, yes, the thing we are treating causes yes, further breakdown. Cause, yes. What? But they're not in pain because it's a pharmaceutical, right? The pharmaceuticals are fast and they're good at handling symptoms. They do not support the body. And I heard this recently. All pharmaceuticals have effects. Some you want, some you don't. There's actually no side effects. There's just effects. And yeah, that's one of the other effects is it will contribute to further joint breakdown. That's why if your dog's been on them for years, getting and people are like, oh, I want to get them off that. I'm like, um, don't know if you'll be able to, because you also get a rebound effect. Because the body hasn't been handling anything. The pills have been handling it, right? They've been handling the inflammation. They've been handling um, what all the cells have been doing and what the immune system's been doing and all of that jazz, right? You take that away and the body's like, Oh shit. We, we've got to work now. We've been, we've gotten lazy. And so you also get a rebound effect. Um, if you've been on it long-term, but long-term, every pharmaceutical goes through your liver there. It, you will impact, if not damage the liver, anytime you do a pharmaceutical end of the discussion, it has to be broken down in that liver. And it is hard to break down these pharmaceuticals. And then the NSAIDs in particular, there's more research on the human side on gut, the gut biome. They're not easy on the gut biome. And then the kidneys, the kidneys start getting affected because the kidneys and the liver like to work together. And when the liver starts to go, the kidneys try to pick up the slack and and back and forth and, you know, and all of that jazz. Um, I personally won't do them. What do you do instead? Barring surgery, um, the animals get adjusted. Uh, we'll do CBD. Um, we'll do some Boswellia. We'll, it just kind of depends. But in general, my animals are a lot less inflamed because of the diet they eat. Yeah. And I, one of the other things that is very disregarded in conventional med, conventional veterinary medicine is the muscle spasms that go along with everything. And so I do a lot of um, natural muscle relaxants. Natural seems to handle a lot. Nice, nice. Natural muscle relaxants. Get Dr. Andy's emails on a consistent basis. Go to her website, animalmagiccare.com. Okay, animalmagiccare.com. You can get on her list. You can also now 
book a proper canine diet cons- consultation. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Yeah. That's so awesome. if, you're, if you want to jump in or you want to put your toe in or you've already been doing raw and need to fine tune some things, let's chat. Yeah. You can chat about um, these uh, different types of insects you may be on. Maybe you want to talk to Dr. Andy a little bit further about the dangers of those and how long you've been on those. You have a dog that has some body issues and you want uh, to ask a question, just go to my website, uh, go to my contact page, send it over and say, hey, ask Dr. Andy this on the podcast and we will do that. All right. Go to rawdogfoodandco.com, everybody. Because getting on a species-appropriate diet is the first thing that you must do. And if you go over to Dr. Andy's site, which is Animal Care, AnimalMagicCare.com, you can book your nutritional consult today. You can book your nutritional consult today. There is a discount there. So go in there and take a look just for listening to the podcast, all right? Get on a species-appropriate diet right here at Raw Dog Food & Co., where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble, and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.